Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Failed Critics Podcast. It's not Steve again. Steve is still away, still on holiday. Where is he, Paul? He's uh, caravanning with a friend in North Wales. Precisely. Um, make of that what you will, I guess. Uh, but it's not just me and it's not just Paul here. Paul returning again, Paul Field. It's also Matt who's back. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Yeah, and we've got you back specifically for this episode because we are doing another uh, fan commentary or watch along with... Uh, we need a snappier name than watch along with. That's not a very good name. It's like read with mother, doesn't it? It's like a yeah, it's... Book. It's not particularly um, sexy, is it? It's not going to bring Does that mean in. I wouldn't have been invited if we weren't doing the watch along? I, wait, I, uh, I would have invited you anyway if oh. I knew you were up for it. Okay, of course. that's nice. Yeah. You're welcome back any time you like, Matt. You know that. You're okay. quite experienced at this, Matt. Don't you do all your kind of video game stuff where you commentate on that? And Yeah. And you're insanely popular now, I hear. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> a, a modicum of popularity. You know, I'm just going to sit here going. Boing, 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 boing. That's why we've got the you. Same on as board. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same as I. <laughs> so, um, well, I guess if that wasn't a big enough clue for anyone who's listening and they haven't actually read the episode title, uh, we are going to watch Beavis and Butthead do America. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't sound effects. This is, I know it's an audio, and people might not believe us. That's Paul doing impressions. Would you believe? I'm sure um, they won't. I, I haven't done these for years. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> so, yeah. When I was in the States, the guys there were like, used to video, they used to get me drunk and make me do Cornholio, running around with the thing over my head, my hands up in the air going, I am the great Cornholio, I need Dibby for my bunghole, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. This, but it has imagine. been 20 years. Tw- yeah, literally 20 years, 1996, mm-hmm. when... Uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America came out. That was kind of like the peak of their popularity as well, right? Because the TV show had been going for a couple of years before that on MTV. Um, but this big motion picture that came out, 80 minutes long, um, and made a lot of money as well, considering it was... I've got some stats here, actually. It was made for $12 million, which isn't very much for an animated feature, $12 million, and grossed $63 million. Is that domestically, though? Domestically. Yeah, so worldwide plus... Imagine how many DVDs they sold of this to idiots like me. Well, and all the merchandise that Mm -hmm. goes with it, yeah. Uh, $20 million in its opening weekend it made. $20 in its opening weekend. It was the highest grossing 
uh, weekend opening for any film ever in December. Well, even though I was 26 when it came out, me and my mate Pete were completely obsessed with this. And I remember opening day, uh, literally waiting outside the cinema in Putney to get in. We sat right at the front and I had uh, my girlfriend and my boss with me. I don't know how or why or what we were doing today, <laughs> but that was the four of us. And I don't ever remember laughing quite so much in the cinema before. I actually thought we were going to get chucked out. <laughs> I just literally lost. All, all we used to do at work was quote Beavis and Butthead. We, my friends used to quote it all the time. We absolutely loved it. Well, it's um, it was very popular in our poll that we put online, I have to admit. We gave the, uh, the the audience, the listeners, the chance to tell us which film of four that uh, they wanted to hear us do a commentary on. We had uh, four films listed. Matt and me, uh, we, we sort of came up with a list of them together. Along with Tony Black, he helped us out as well. Um, so we had From Dusk, Dusk Till Dawn, 12% of the 58 votes went towards that. 19% of the votes went towards Battle Royale. 33% went towards Shaolin Soccer, which we thought might be quite nice to tie in with the Euros and the football that's going on at the moment to do a film that's kind of about football. But yeah, 36% of the 58 people that voted went for this, went for Beavis and Butthead to America. Uh, I think that was partly down to you, Paul. <laughs> I may have got a few Palace fans to get involved. You may have done, yeah. I have said in the past, being a Palace fan is almost like being in the Masons. Everyone looks after everyone else. <laughs> You yeah. could always find someone, you know, do you a favour, whatever you need doing. Yeah, we look after each other. So thank you to the Palace fans for voting for Beavis and Butthead, even though you're never going to listen to the episode. <laughs> no, to be fair, quite a few of them do. Well, hello, if you're listening and voted. Thank you uh, for telling us to do this. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Matt, you were pretty pleased that this came out on top. I was. <clears throat> this mm. is definitely a throwback to my uh, VHS collection in its prime days. And I think sort of thinking out loud and from my experience of this film, it was kind of like the the precursor for the American Pie generation. This was like the funny, naughty film you got to see a couple of years before that came out. Mm-hmm. And like Paul says, if you're of a certain age, or even if a bit older as Paul is, uh, <laughs> if you saw this, it was just like really childish, but utterly hilarious. And the fact that they had a, a real budget to go at it and they got some really excellent celebrity guest appearances in this which we'll get to as we uh, Mm, watch just really made it just so much more of a spectacle than watching it on tv which was always fun but this in a a crowded room full of people at the cinema all giggling and sneering at the same things was absolutely hilarious so yeah really looking forward to watching this again it's been a really long time matt can i ask you a quick question because i know you love retro video games Mm. did you ever play hockaloogie the beavis and butthead game no, but I'm I'm familiar with it. Okay. We literally wasted so many hours in the office doing that. <laughs> sure. If you don't know, okay. it's basically spitting on people from the roof of a building, hence Hockaloogie. Mm-hmm. Sounds delightful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Those internet generation one type games that you'd load up on a Flash browser. Yeah, well, I, used to, I had it on floppy disk. <laughs> there you go. 1.4 1, 1. <laughs> megabytes of pure joy. Um, well, part of the reason that uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America made it onto our shortlist uh, of those four films was because it's a cult comedy. And we thought it'd be quite nice to tie into uh, Underground Nights quite recently, which was all about cult comedy with uh, yourself, Paul, and uh, James Mullinger. 
talking about your favourite court comedies. I mean, I guess it's it's slightly different in that Beavers and Butthead Doomaker at the time was extremely popular and well-known, but you don't really hear about them so much anymore. So, I mean, I would consider it court comedy these days. I mean, as the... I'm going to call you the expert, given you, the podcast that you did. What do you, what do you make of that? Do you think it is court comedy now? Yeah, absolutely. I think people have almost forgotten them. We had season nine which is a few years ago, which was weird seeing them in HD and talking about stuff that wasn't just music videos, making fun of popular shows like, I think we mentioned Catfish and um, Mm. uh, Jersey Shore. I really love that. And I thought that was one of the best seasons. Seeing them, you know, proper current pop culture, absolutely ripping it a new one. But then, yeah, I don't know. They just didn't do another season. I think MTV got cold feet and Mike Mm. Judge has a really successful new project going on on uh, HBO so uh, fair play to him though but I suspect in my lifetime they will be back I reckon it's a lot like South Park in terms of the journey it made it's almost started off immediately as cult and then through popularity became extremely mainstream and then went very cult again uh, and went full circle and I think Beavis and Butthead have done exactly the same thing when this movie came out they couldn't have been more popular uh, and then they very sort of quickly faded away back into cult obscurity after that yeah i mean for those who you're a little bit older who remember the really early ones the ones that were banned things like frog baseball where they they are the animation is terrible but it's it's all about the voices it's all about mike judge who who does you know not only does he do all the work on this show he does all the voices as well Mm. it's a real labor of love and to see the the transition a few years ago from these really early hand-drawn almost pencil drawings to beautifully animated hd stuff was was incredible also the music they were listening to like the music videos they used to watch yeah. were, were pretty out there i've like discovered quite a lot of really obscure or heavy bands stuff like roland's band and guar never heard yeah. of them until I watched Beavis and Butthead and then they, they've introduced me to stuff I listen to semi-regularly now so yeah it's definitely had a, an impact on pop culture for sure mm. well and the, the music in this particular film as well is great soundtrack isn't it oh yeah absolutely super. fantastic Engelbert Humperdinck Engelbert Humperdinck <laughs> yeah singing about lesbians no oh sorry yes 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 the, the Chili Peppers did the A side with the is it Roller yep. Coaster mm-hmm. love Roller Coaster which is a great tune. I remember Rancid, I Want a Riot from this. It was uh, That was a song that first drew me to that band as well. So, yeah, lots to, lots to admire about the soundtrack as well. But, I mean, we've talked about, for people who remember it, there might be people now born in 1996 who would be 20 years old and have no idea who Beavis and Butthead are. So, very quickly, should we just introduce who these characters are and then we'll hit play and watch the movie? Uh-huh. Beavis and Butter Do America was the first and was the only big screen adaptation of the characters, the animated teenage duo, who are famed for their social ineptitude, delinquency, and uh, their love of heavy metal. Sounds a bit like my life. <laughs> Um, so, with that in mind, are we all ready to hit play? Let's do it. Our counter's in. Ready? 
So anyone who's listening along and wants to watch the film as we talk over it, get ready to watch this on Netflix. It's on Netflix in the UK. And we're just about to hit play. Three, two, one, go. So, of course, it starts with Paramount because that's the logo of the producers, distributors. Very insightful beginnings. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> what we got, we had some criticism last time, which I think it was important to take on board um, from people who listen. Some people really liked the Blair Witch commentary that we did last time and watched it along with the film and were quite happy to, to do that. It's a truck, Geffen, aren't they like a metal label or quite a hard music label? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Myself. Geffen Records. I think they are part of... Are they part of MTV? I mean, they definitely used to make some metal music and some punk rock bands back in the 90s. Um, they released some Beavis Behind Records as well. There's a double 12-inch pack and they did a thing with Cher. They, they put quite a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. So here we go. We've got the opening of the, the film. Uh, now, I watched this earlier in the year and I was quite shocked because I didn't remember anything about this opening. I mean, I watched Beavis and Butthead when I was younger as well, but this is, uh, well, as he just said, this is cool. <laughs> it's quite different, isn't it? Cle- Mike Judge clearly loves King Kong. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby. Uh, hey, baby. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm I'm more of a fan of Beavis to be honest, particularly in this. He's just so ridiculous. Yeah, I could never. Seems to get picked. I love them both. Yeah, yeah, they are great. They'd be terrible either of them on their own. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's definitely uh, a duo that you need, isn't it? Yeah. You can't have one show with just one of them, innit? <sighs> okay, so this is where they realise the TV's been stolen. Yep. Their world is over. TV! Yeah, TV! <laughs> the basic premise, of course, is their TV is stolen, so the pair of them end up kind of travelling the US to find a new telly as they're caught up in, would you can call it a conspiracy? Sort of, uh, yes. it's sort of like caper conspiracy where they're asked to do a job, but we'll come to it, we'll get to that very quickly. Exactly. Who's so. Nick? Is it, does it Todd that nicked the TV? It was two, yeah, two guys who apparently not Todd? were is in the Todd? TV show. Hang on, no, I don't think it is because they, they love Todd, they all want to be in his gang. Uh, I don't want to be in Todd's gang. <laughs> This is the the visual equivalent of the cogs whirring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on with Butthead's gums? They're all that spotty. (laughs) Always been like that. Anything that's ever sucked before. I love this this bit. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic a great intro. with the seventies sort of parody of an intro. It's really well done. Always well, making like, me giggle. Yeah, it's like Shaft, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's got the the afro and stuff. Yeah. 
be the somebody. <laughs> that actually suits him, weirdly. Yeah. It looks Mark better. Subs came up and told me it's Isaac Hayes. Oh, okay. Yep. So, Chef. Oh, exactly. yeah, of course. Another uh, South Park connection. So Maybe is this he is a Scientologist now. Is uh, Isaac Hayes a Scientologist? Was that part of the reason he got kicked out of. Did, so yeah, didn't they kick him out and then start making jokes about him being a bit of a nonce? Yeah. Ouch. You don't really miss Chef from South Park, not getting too off track here. But he mm. was like part of the the show when it was more appealing to children. Yeah. Well, he's a bit of a one-joke character, isn't he? It's weird. You know, I always joke that animation's for babies. There are only two things I actually watch, which is... South Park and Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, they're both very your sort of humour, though, aren't they? What, dick and fart jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in, I'm not criticising. Hey, babe, you know, it, it's uh, it floats your boat, I guess. Mm. It's the only kind of humour that's ever guaranteed to work with everybody. <laughs> oh, I know people who hate this and get like offended by it. Oh, well, they're too uptight. Need to have a word of yourself. Hmm. <laughs> so now they're looking through the, the bin for the TV. <laughs> <laughs> they they well, do find they're a TV, just... don't they? Is that, do we come to that later? They steal yeah, the TV it... from the high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, because we've got the uh, the song coming up soon, haven't we? No, the song's not till uh, the end. Not till later, but we do get to oh, see. Really? Don't we get to see Van Driesen, or is it? Yeah, you'll you'll see that because yeah. he stops them from trying to take the TV. Here we go. Yep. Here's Brooker. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Brooker do this for a living? <laughs> he works at a school, I think. I Doesn't don't know he if do he's like a hippie teacher. Yeah, except now he'd be wearing Crocs, not like socks and sandals. Ouch. Hmm. I don't think Brooker's even remotely hippie-ish. He's got I one think... reddish hair. That'll do. Look, look, okay, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Are you laughing because they said anus? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so immature, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there are lots of kind of South Park influences that come from this, aren't there? Yeah, because he's totally like Mr. Mackie. Mm. When did South Park come out in terms of the two... There wasn't a crossover, was there? It, it must have been not long after this. Yeah, I think it was quite big when I started secondary school. So I think it was, what, 97? Something like that? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh, I love this guy. Uh, 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 you're expelled! Uh, all they do is drive the poor bugger to drink. <laughs> Aren't they? Aren't Beavis and Butthead supposed to have jobs that was kind of missed out of? The yeah, they world? do. They work at Burger World. Hmm. Oh yeah, now I remember this bit as well. Boys been whacking off my tool shit. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, put your pants on. <laughs> <laughs> So 
see the thing is about this it seems like all quite extreme behavior and, and whatnot but you will meet people at this in the united states no offense <laughs> they are out there probably a few in the uk as well well, the amount of times I've been on holiday to uh, Las Vegas and you see people like Anderson dressed exactly like that. <laughs> it's just, oh. So this is a bit of a precursor for uh, King of the Hill as well, right? Dan, is, uh, yeah, Dan, George, Dan. The, the Bars and Hogs. <laughs> <laughs> Scrabs warm! I love their eating habits. If they have anything they don't like, they always spit out. Yep. Well, they go to Stuart's house for burritos and he goes like, ah, it's got eggs in it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so, like, brilliantly designed, aren't they, the characters? It's very simple, like, drawings, but they've got so much character in them. Yeah, they're very expressive. And whacking off in my tool oh. shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this where they see the sign for the motel (laughs) no no (laughs) just walking around clicking a TV (laughs) it's funny because this wouldn't even apply now because you would substitute TV here for internet Mm. Mm. If they did a, a modern museum, but uh, no one would give a fuck if their TV got nicked anymore. Yeah, that's true, actually. Have I guess it's similar to the... In 20 years. Yeah, it's similar to MTV, isn't it? Because we mentioned, like, Paul well, said about how in season nine of the show, they're just talking about the shows on MTV, probably because there's no music on there anymore. No. So it is Muddy, voiced by Bruce Willis. Yeah. First big name to appear in the uh, the film. I couldn't believe it when I saw his name, like he was going to be in it. I was like, oh my God. I was reading about this on the trivia page for IMDb, and apparently they had to draw all these boxer shorts onto him afterwards because they needed to get it down to a PG-13 rating. So what, it was just his bare ass? It was just his bare ass before. Wow. And they wouldn't have got past the censor without covering it up. I think it's only, isn't it a 12 here? 12 in the UK, yeah. Incredible. I'm not sure it was when it came out, though, here. I would have been 14 when this came out, so, uh, yeah, probably must have been a 12, 12 (laughs) It's weird, I never noticed at the time and obviously not being able to ID IMDB it in 96, didn't notice that this was Bruce Willis. Totally went over my head. Mm. And I, I definitely recognised his wife by voice, but I couldn't picture in my head who it was. Yeah, because it's uh, Demi Moore, isn't it? Uh, yes. Do her. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Beavis. <laughs> I love that because um, Butthead is the slightly cleverer of the two. 
Mm. And that that's key to their dynamic. Because Beavis <laughs> is just retarded fully. <laughs> Whoa. Now, Paul, are you going to admit to having a wank over Dallas? <laughs> what, now? <laughs> <laughs> no, not... I hope. <laughs> I probably had one of my first boners over her later when she uh, tries to seduce them in the hotel room restaurant. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that... Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> Well, it's just a natural progression of Jessica Rabbit and all that shit. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. My favourite scene is coming up soon, though. Them on the aeroplane is oh, just then, beyond oh. the pale. It's so funny. dialogue with the old woman's amazing. Mm. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And every time I get on a plane, I want to do cornhole, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to do the, uh, uh, I got a beer, baby. Want one? <laughs> 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 be quite funny to do a cosplay as Beavis and Butter. Just get like an ACDC or Metallica T-shirt and just like that mm. brush your hair. <laughs> what was the band that Stuart had on his T-shirt? They used to say it was Winger. Yeah, we... took, and apparently that like completely killed their career. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, because they had Metallica and ACDC on their T-shirts, but Stuart had Winger, <laughs> and because of that, it just that was it, game over. Because the only person they ever bullied was Stuart. Mm. Stuart, what's the bad? <laughs> oh, here we go. It's probably the most famous bit from the film, isn't it? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So clever. How the two conversations. (laughs) 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 Cool. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) I seem to remember as a kid trying to replicate the scene where Beavis gets hyper off the candy. Mm -hmm. I just like shoveling shit loads of sweets and like guzzling cans of coke trying to make myself hyperactive. Never really worked though. No, I love. Be sick. It's either either, uh, sweets or coffee. Mm. Mm. Frappuccino, cha cha cha. <laughs> Come to butter. <laughs> I love seeing them in in this film out of their because normally you only either see them at school or on the sofa. <laughs> but you very rarely saw them in that many situations that that things like never aeroplanes. Yeah, yeah. It's fish out of water stuff, mm-hmm. isn't it? 
But they couldn't they couldn't have done a film about them any other way than this. No. You know, just taking them right out of their comfort zone, putting them into all these different situations. Yeah. And yet they're still just beavers and buttheads. They don't grow, they don't learn right. anything. They, you know, they don't turn into different people by the end of the film. They're just beavers and butthead. It's just a series of well, just like the show was, I guess, kind of sketches of them in different things, really. Doing different things, meeting different people. Yeah, I think one of the things that was has been lost in time is that all the BHS cassettes and box sets and stuff don't have the music videos. Mm. So all we ever see is the cartoons, and I think the music videos were, were key and integral to, to, to how the show worked. Yeah. <laughs> Poop too much and then get tired. We've all been there. It's, does she say she's lactose intolerant? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever noticed this back in the day and in, in this movie, this animation here now seems to pop up over and over again. Like, what else you got? And then just starts guzzling shit. It's like mm-hmm. reused in this and in the series I seem to remember. <laughs> oh dear. Butthead trying to pull. Uh, hey baby, I got a beer. <laughs> here he comes here he goes I think all the fans will wait for that bit where he goes titty caca I am Cohen Horio <laughs> my bunghole will not wait <laughs> are you threatening me <laughs> Oh, we used to do Cornholio all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's gold. So... Paul, you're obviously more familiar, I guess, with the characters than we are. Who else should we should we be recognising any of the background characters in any of these scenes, or are they just purely for like the film? Yeah, I don't think so. There's no, I mean, it really is. There wasn't any kind of um, kind of Easter eggs or stunt casting that I can remember. Yeah. They, it, yeah, because even the the actual actors they get in for cameo roles don't play themselves, do they? Like David Letterman turns up later and isn't this limo driver somebody and we meant to know who? Oh, mate, I can't remember. It's too long ago. Um, you got Robert Stack who plays the ATF guy. Yeah, Richard Linklater's oh, yeah. in it as the bus driver. Oh, the bus driver. Yeah. David Letterman, of course, as the Motley Crew roadie. But other than that, you got David, yeah, you got David Spade, Greg Kinnear, not mm-hmm. many people, but I like that. I don't want it to be about the voices and who's involved. Yeah, you just want them to be the characters in the film yeah, that help. Mike Judge is carrying the whole film, isn't he? Because he's Beavis and Butthead. He's Beavis, he's Butthead, he's Tom Anderson, he's Mr. Van Driesen, he's Principal McVicker. You know, probably a few others that he's not been credited for as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think the guy's a mm. genius. Hmm. Because these two certainly look like we're supposed to recognise them from something. I think they're members of Todd's gang from the TV show. Okay, right. 
child rules. Because the fat one sort of looks more like uh, the guy's son in King of the Hill to me. Oh, Bobby. Yeah, mm. just mm. older. So that was one thing. I never watched King of the Hill, and I know it has Anderson in it, always sort of looks like him. So how does that link to Beavis and Butthead exactly, or does it not even link at all? Yeah, they're separate shows, aren't they? Yeah. The one that, that links is Daria. Daria, cha-cha-cha. Yes. <laughs> you know, is probably the only character... So this is interesting now, because this is the first time I've seen her since I've been to Vegas, so they're obviously at Caesar's Palace at this point. Yeah, well, the, the thing is that they use real places in this. In fact, again, just from reading IMDb earlier, um, this uses the real locations in Las Vegas. King of the Hill has fictional ones. So there's like, they try, I guess it was intentionally trying to separate the two shows even further. (laughs) (laughs) Would they have been able to show that on MTV? Because they were pretty, not allowed to show much at all. I doubt you would have seen them looking at tits, even even cartoon ones. Well, I think they must have been able to get away with it. Mm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I always thought that, that singer of the band looks like Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yeah, because this is supposed to be Red Hot Chili Peppers, but obviously the animation is not of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. so this is Cleopatra's barge at Caesar's Palace I've actually been to a gig there oh really? yeah it's not as prominent as what the film portrays it as (laughs) the weird thing is even though I love these guys I was never really a big fan of like rock music Mm -hmm. so a lot of this stuff especially when they the TV show the bands they used to listen to completely lost on me the ones I loved when somebody terrible would come on and then they would take the mickey out of them yeah did they ever have any like synth bands and stuff on there they did did Pesh Mode once yeah I can't think it might have been Personal Jesus and they were quite positive about it oh that's good then my favourite in the last series where they did Katy Perry and they were talking about fireworks coming out of her tits (laughs) So the humour didn't change at all then? No. It's good. Yeah, I think this this scene here first introduced me to the tipping phenomenon. Mm. I think I was, like, consciously aware of it or something. Of course, you have to tip for everything in in Vegas. It's just a given. I remember being in in LA and somebody actually asking me for a tip. Really? I don't Mm. You get lost, basically. I bought a bottle of Heineken. Tragic. Bitch. Funny enough, the guy I stayed with, huge Beavis and Butthead fan. And the other guy we met, huge Beavis and Butthead fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, finally got a score. To be fair, she has got the perfect voice for this. Yeah, it's just so well suited, isn't it? It's just like Bruce Willis, though. Those two just 
really have the voice for their characters. I remember watching all the Brat Pack films back in the 80s and, you know, people my age, we all used to swoon over Demi Moore just for that voice alone. (laughs) 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 I can't beat a butthead backhander. Yeah. You're going to see Robert Stack's character in a minute who's obsessed with cavity searches. Oh, deep and hard. (laughs) I want you to give this pan a cavity search. (laughs) (laughs) He's just got his pants off already. (laughs) It's weird to think that one of the the co-writers for this, Joe Stillman. Do you know what other kind of films he's done? No. no idea. Shrek. He wrote Shrek and Shrek 2. And he wrote... Have you heard of the Fred films? No. Fred, mm. Night of the Living Fred. Uh, well, sure, Those ho- really awful-looking kids' films that I'm not even sure kids enjoy. To go from this to that is quite... Well... It's not an achievement, is it? It's the opposite. So this would be quite a risque subject now, like smuggling a bio-weapon. Mm. <laughs> this fight's pretty hilarious. Yep. See, when we did that triple bill of uh, fight scenes, <laughs> in retrospect, could have made it So control yourself now, Matt. (laughs) 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 Such slight desperation (laughs) abuse. So I don't know if we've put Demi Moore down as having a sexy voice before watching this. Oh, really? No, never mm-hmm. never would have twigged to me. But in this, it's, it's great. I'm going to give you everything. It's when we talked about Mark Judge earlier being involved with the Jackass, and then you obviously you've got Spike Jones, who's in Jackass. Oh, yeah. He yeah. does. Look at, the, look at the films he directs. Mm-hmm. You know, he, her was, you know, did that pick up an Oscar? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix might have been nominated. I think. Yeah, I thought. Well, anyway, so her basically got an Oscar-winning film, and Spike Jones dresses up as an old lady with with plastic tits and fools people into into all sorts of weird stuff. That's why I have mm-hmm. no shame about liking this. If it's good enough for people like Spike <laughs> Jones and Mike Judge, good enough for me. <laughs> So what what is Demi Moore up to these days? Let's have a look at her IMDb. So we've got Margin Call, that was 2011. There's not much on there. Yeah, she's probably not a lot. I, I'm, I'm assuming she's married someone rich who just wanted to bone Demi Moore. Mm. Fair play this to her, 
great continuity here because they've just left Caesar's Palace and you've got the Flamingo across the street, which is totally accurate. Yeah. So they've actually gone to some efforts here. Fair play to them, then. Mm. It's not just some random background. Travis and Bob. I love this guy. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Scott. Now, who's that guy supposed to be? Who's number two? How would you know that? Mm. Well, you've got to kind of take a leap of faith on you with these films. Just suspend disbelief, I mean, really. Oh, yeah, of course. You don't care about it's the not... story. All you're hearing no, is to be some butthead, be stupid, and to be in, you know, as you mentioned earlier, fish out of water in situations you wouldn't have ordinarily seen them in on MTV. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 20... no one... how old were you 20 years ago? So you were... I was nine years old when this came out. Ouch. No, I would have been ten when it came out, actually, because it was December, wasn't it? Yeah, I would have been 14, so totally at the height of my immaturity. It was perfectly timed for, for my generation. Yeah, it was kind of at the end of, of me being a child, but I, I still... I was so excited when I heard there was going to be a film. Well, did you know then that they originally were going to make it a live-action film? Oh, that would have been terrible. Oh, that, yep. that would not have worked. Yep. Do you know who they were going to get to play, Beavers and Butthead? No, uh, Andrew McCarthy? <laughs> no, Chris Farley. Do you right. remember who Chris Farley is? Yeah. Yeah, Chris Farley and David Spade. <laughs> David Spade? Jesus, really? Yep. It's going to be those two in a live-action version of this. Good thing about Mike Judge is he, he's not big on the sellout. No, no. He knows what he wants to do, yeah. and it's kind of just that or nothing else, really, isn't it? He's, he's quite frugal with his projects. He doesn't, you know, get involved with, with stuff that he doesn't want to do. And I love that about him. Mm-hmm. Have you, guys, have you seen the rest of his filmography? Um, I, I have to admit, I haven't been a huge fan of his material. I mean, I like him, um, but some of his films are not really my cup of tea, I have to admit. Well, I mean, Idiocracy was good. I, I liked Idiocracy, Office yeah. Space, of course, but I mean... Well, he's not yeah. done many more than that anyway. He did no. Extract, which I really enjoyed, which probably nobody's seen. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen it. I, I didn't really get into Silicon Valley either. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I didn't I don't really think watch I've many seen of anything else he's done. Yeah. King, King of the Hill was pr- pretty hit and miss, wasn't it? Silicon Valley's done really well, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has. It's done fantastic, really. And you've got some advice <laughs> from that breaking out of other stuff now? Hmm.
I love the way this escalates into them being the, the you know the two most dangerous terrorists. In the <laughs> <world>. <laughs> but the whole setup with the Bunkolio stuff is just fantastic in that regard, isn't it? God, just genius. It's always the carnage around them. They are completely oblivious to it, and all they focus on is their very very limited uh, wants of which is sex. TV or, or, or nachos. That's mm. it. Anything else outside of that, they tend not to get involved with. <laughs> this is so far removed from the TV show, though. Mm -hmm. the, the situations they're putting him in here are just yeah uh, back in 96 this was just blew me away so what's your favourite Robert Stack role then you're going to have to name some for me yeah I don't okay, know well, you, you've got the really old Untouchables that he was in mm. um, he hosted Unsolved Mysteries uh, he was one of the um, air traffic control guys and airplane. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, and he's also, and my favourite, Ultra Magnus in Transformers the Movie 86. <laughs> yeah, I'm that was very Beavis and Potegg. The only thing I've got, I, I have not barely seen any of the stuff he's been in apart from King of the Hill. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through the... He had a great voice. ...the list on uh, his Wikipedia page and... Not recognising most of them, I have to admit. <laughs> Bit of ACDC? Mm-hmm. Did you're quite into your rock music, Owen? Well, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm not a massive... Matt's more... You listen to a lot more metal than I have, I yeah, think, Matt. I like... More that old guy always thought stuff. looked like George Bush with the big shades on. <laughs> I love this. You've got this amazing view. Grand yep. Canyon, donkey's ass. <laughs> ass of the ass. <laughs> <laughs> it almost reminds me when I took my son to the zoo. And um, <laughs> right in front of us is an elephant. And he looks up at it. He looks down at the ground, picks up a stick and went, Stick! I'm like, <laughs> elephant right in front of you. No interest. Love the stick. Bull knob. <laughs> Wipe. Wipe. I wonder if they like. Because it was after this, it was. Wasn't like a couple, two more years, and then they were gone for best part of ten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a rapid decline, wasn't it? Mm. Well, I suppose it was a rapid rise for them as well. 
I mean, uh, do you know anything about why they kind of disappeared? Was it to do with Mike Judge just wanting to work on something else? Or? So, because King of the Hill was around for ages, and that was, on, like, long that was on the network channel, wasn't it? Was that on Fox yeah. or something like that? <laughs> they have no interest in anything. But that's kind of like a stand-up of Generation X, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, these very knowing, nodding wink from Mike Judge. But they uh, never deviate from it. Yeah. The, this is the bit with the toilet flusher is more interested in than the, the geezer erupting. <laughs> <laughs> is it a geyser or a geezer? Geyser, I think. Yeah, yeah geyser, I think. Geyser erupting, that's like punching, <laughs> wouldn't it? Hmm. This reminds me of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back with the wildlife marshal and stuff. Mm, you know, these mm. may be the two most wanted men in America. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've done that. Have you? <laughs> yeah, first time I saw them, I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> and a bus with chicks <laughs> <laughs> just again just completely misinterpreting the situation and that's that's the humour in it it's quite simple but it's just like and it is kind of the same shtick each time but it's still it's just funny isn't it and the old people getting a uh, cavity searches. <laughs> Do you know what? I could just sit and listen to them laughing. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have that desert sort of like trip out scene soon, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, who they meet in the desert as well. I don't remember any of this, this church stuff. Yeah, I watched it not too long back. Uh, I mean, like, as in months ago rather than years ago. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the bit in the desert seemed to go on for ages when I watched it then. But it, it's got some of the best bits in it, I think. I, I just took a whiff of the uh, Beavis and Butthead aftershave. Oh, yeah, how's it? Ooh, well, going? it's been fermenting for 20 years. I'm going to say now, where the label says put this stuff on to get chicks, guaranteed to score, that ain't happening. <laughs> it's rank. It probably didn't work previous to that anyway, Paul. To be I think you'll find it did. All oh, right. <laughs> no. I've got a really funny story, but it's very, very rude. 
Oh, we've got to have that. Go on. Yeah, you can't tease it and then not deliver. The girl who bought this for me, this American girl, I was working at this pharmaceutical place down in Kent, and uh, she'd bought me all this Beavis' butthead stuff over from the States, and she came down to see me. And she wore a really short dress and some stocks and suzzies on the train down. And when she arrived at the house, she was like, oh, God, these guys kept pestering me. I'm thinking, you think? No idea. Anyway, long story short, got involved, got down there. Oh, my God. It looked like somebody put an axe into an orangutan's back. <laughs> I had never seen anything quite that hairy before. And I can't look at that bottle of aftershave without thinking about that. Horrendous. Oh, you did ask. I Word. did ask you that, but I should have known. <laughs> it's the phrase monkey in a hammock. They have no concept of anything. Distance, time, nothing. None. Mm. <laughs> Deep and hard. It's very strange how this this chain of events has led to this. <laughs> mm. Saying they should put a drinking fountain out there. Yeah. It's, it's just akin to them. They're just two high school idiots, aren't they? They just think a drinking fountain just appears there. Yeah, they have... They it's have no so... concept of reality. No, nothing at all. Damn whacking. Doesn't he get a cavity search? we've all masturbated in a man's camper <laughs> there we go. It's all linking together. I am the great Cornholio. You have TP for my bunghole? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is all pre 9 11, isn't it? So this is just like the idea of terrorism is still domestic. I love that as I get hot, I'll die these guys. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 
Old Beavis kind of looks like that guy who plays Rorschach in uh, Watchmen. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> that T-shirt, I am. I am Pat, or I am fat. So that's Doria there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah I forgot that she yeah. started in this. Yeah. I sang this to my wife the other day and she had no idea what I was on about. <laughs> well, if you're going to ser- serenade a girl, you do it with a lesbian seagull, surely. Car, car. <laughs> <laughs> lesbian seagull. Come away and fly with me. Okay, Mr. Mackey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is Mr. Mackey, isn't it? <laughs> Just smashing the guitar for no reason as well. I love that there's a criminal sperm bank. talking about david spade playing one of these guys he actually has a voice credit for this movie but it's he does but yeah. it doesn't say who he voiced yeah i'm not sure i love it as well he's awesome so is this guy, this guy david letterman Let, he's yeah, credited he's a coach driver isn't he no david letterman's credited as motley crew roadie oh okay yeah so they one of these yeah one of these earl David Lemmons. Oh, okay, yeah, Motley Crue, Roddy That's so weird. They have some really weird <laughs> voices in this. Yeah. Fire! <laughs> yeah. I think you're slightly ahead of me in terms of the uh, video. Alright, so I'm at the bit now where they're, they're just waking up after the campfire. Yeah, campfire's well, smoke coming off it and it's morning and they're on with their journey through the desert now. <laughs> Another five minutes or something. I love that their speech almost slightly slows down as they get weaker and weaker. Mm. Uh, 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 uh. Mm. 
Is this where they trip out? Yeah. I actually <laughs> know what the audio says in the background of that. Do you remember when they start tripping out and there's a weird noise in the background? Do I say that again? So when they start tripping out in a minute, oh, yeah, there's yeah. like uh, some voices, but you can't, it's just gibberish. It's actually saying, everybody go to college, study hard. Oh, really? Quite, like, came to point to the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> the How many days do you think Willis did on this film? Three? Mm, probably you could get away with just one, couldn't he? Maybe come back for some re, you know, redubs if he has to change his lines. <laughs> size of the rest. <laughs> I love it just goes so quickly that they're all exactly the same these clips <laughs> have you seen the one with their old men no oh that's priceless exactly the same but like a like nursing home Oh, God, the spoon seed. I have to say, in, in any film, when people like to start tripping out and they put it on screen, I am not a fan. No? No, it just doesn't... I don't know, I just find it a bit of a cop-out. Because you can just do anything, can't you? You don't have to think about it so much. Yeah. Although, I mean, as it's an animation, I guess, it's a chance for them to just, you know, put some crap... Do something with it that you couldn't do if it was live action. Well, I'm going to mute you for 30 seconds, guys, while they're tripping out, and uh, I'll be back in a sec. <laughs> How rude. I know. So we've got to sit here and watch the trip out scene, but he doesn't. Yeah, I must admit I'm, I'm with Paul on this one. I don't really like these kind of scenes. It's like, as much mm. as I like to say something like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas for all yeah, the, the comedy get... around drug paraphernalia where he's actually tripping out and seeing monsters and stuff, it's that those bits annoy me. Mm. It's not the strongest aspect. But, I mean, this just looks so 90s, doesn't it? All the yes. colours and the... The designs of the like things. Shit tattoo <laughs> exactly. But it's all the kind of light greens and the purples and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure this is just in there for filler. Or, yeah. or, or an excuse to play someone's song off the soundtrack that they had no other use for. Yeah. It adds literally nothing and it's not funny. No. But like I say, I mean, it's them, I guess, trying to express a bit of creativity because it's the medium that they can do that in 
Mm. But I think yeah. it's just I mean, in terms of narrative thing. and stuff, yeah, it doesn't really add anything. No, it doesn't add anything to the story. Very funny story. Actually, one of the last um, VHSs that came out, and I went down to buy it, and I think I went to Sainsbury's to get to get this cassette. And when I went to pay for it, bearing in mind this is probably 98, it was a 15 one, and I got asked for ID. <laughs> to buy a VHS cassette of Beavis and Butthead. He didn't look 12 then, obviously. <laughs> just bizarre. It just stuck in my mind. It was just really weird. The supermarket in Morden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're so focused on this one thing that they're finally going to score. Hmm. I mean, one thing I'm noticing about the dialogue, there isn't really exposition, is there? The, the plot is just continuing in the background. There's no, like, explanation of the why and the where and the how. It's just stuff keeps happening to them. Yeah, but that's what you want, though. You want more hmm. and more crazy things to happen to Beavis and Butthead and for them to be put into more and more uncomfortable yeah. situations just to see how they respond yeah well they're just totally single-minded in their approach they all they want to do is get a tv shag this woman and it's everyone else's circumstances going on around and it's mm. directing the flow of the movie or the plot but they're just being themselves and doing what they would do every other day of the week yeah mm. and mike judge doesn't deviate from their characters in any they never do anything in this film that they wouldn't do in the TV show. Oh, and I love great. that. I love this. I'm jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's again just their immaturity that gets them out of the scrape, isn't it? They <laughs> 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 mm. love their thought process for any kind of situation they need to escape from. <laughs> <laughs> that's like jumping when you hit in a falling elevator yeah the other thing I've noticed is they don't care about each other in, not at all they never check on each other if one of them gets injured or hit or whatever they just point and laugh <laughs> Whacking off the my tool shit. Yeah, so Stuart no not in this, I'm trying to think. I don't think he is, is he? No, I don't think he is. And nor's Todd, unless you see him nope. in the background. <laughs> popping up in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's looking for him in the right there. I'd love to see them back now, would you? Commentating on, like they did in the last series, or... Even he talking about the X Factor or the Kardashians. I would just, I'd love to see that. 
I think the thing is, you've got to have, you've got to be able to get the cultural references, right? Mm-hmm. So when they're doing a, their little commentary on stuff, you've got to be able to understand it to some degree. I just don't watch any of that stuff anymore. You know, anything that's like, I don't even, even when I had MTV, I didn't watch anything on it. It's oh, just really? not a good I channel to, anymore. I really used to watch MTV for the music videos. Yeah, yeah, same. I used to, you know, MTV2, used to watch MTV2. Um, no, but I'm but, talking about when it was one. I remember when I yeah, when was, was living in Sweden for a while, and these guys had MTV Europe, and I was like, whoa. And <laughs> yeah, they had some good, really they'd have good shows. Mode videos on all day and stuff like this, and totally blew me away. Now, MTV is just not good. Mm. But like this you, again, that's another thing you can blame the internet on because, like, stuff like YouTube. I mean, I think MTV was veering away from music videos way before then, but you, MTV wouldn't work now that YouTube exists. Yeah, mm. I would mm. quite happily wait three hours on the off chance that a Depeche Mode video might appear. Now I can just press a button and all of them will appear. Yep. And if you've got ad block on YouTube, you don't even have to watch adverts between them all now. Unless you just use Spotify and just do the music and forget all about videos, you know? Yeah, I mean, even Spotify, I I remember it wasn't that long ago where you kind of had to wait for stuff. Yeah. Now it, everything appears immediately. And, and I even pay for that, which is, you know, rare for me to to pay for digital stuff. Yeah, I mean, I still prefer to buy stuff, I think. I, I, yeah. You know, even movies, I mostly, if I... If I if, if I've exhausted every other avenue of trying to get hold of a film, then occasionally I'll... Well, researching for this earlier, briefly, I saw a uh, a double-pack 12-inch of a Beavis and Butthead single that I don't have, which was released on Geffen, mm-hmm. which I'm so buying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but even, like, digitally, I still buy... Well, well, I usually rent movies digitally, you know. If it's not on... At first, Netflix. If it's not on Netflix, if it's not on Amazon, if it's not available to then rent through either iTunes or Google Play, or you know, failing that something like Blinkbox or whatever, then I usually just give up. I have to admit, but there are <laughs> exceptions. This could, this you know, Beavis and Butthead could work coming back onto Amazon or or Netflix. We could, typically, the bill payer for these things would be you know would be somebody who remembers them. Mm. Well, we've 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 kind of got it. It's Gogglebox when you think about it. <laughs> it's just yeah. not as funny as Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, it's not as I I've tried that. I just it's not as funny. Uh, it's something I can watch with with the wife, but it's it's very hit and miss. Sometimes they're actually quite funny, but most of the time it's totally uninteresting. <laughs> That is my favourite phrase of all of his. Settle down, Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> I love this speech. But it's it's hitting the beats of a, a regular, you know, buddy movie, isn't yeah. it? It's all the same beats, but with like shit speeches like this instead yeah. of stirring emotional ones. that's Richard Linklater then isn't it doing the voice of this guy and the coach 
Bit of LL Cool J. Ain't nobody. Oh, yeah. Let me bet down. <laughs> Lewd contact. <laughs> yeah, there's no twist see what I mean it is just the same beats though isn't it there's nothing exceptional about how the plot is structured no no it's, but it's, it's... again like, like we keep saying it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter because you're just in it for the comedy so here we go the exact same animation and as he did here with mm. there you go what else you got How we reuse on the plain scene. <laughs> oh, here he comes again. I love this. So it's the this is the big bunghole on, isn't it? Yeah. Cornholio. You have TP right. for my bunghole. Am I right in remembering that they, they get Anderson framed for it all <laughs> and get away scot free? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Beavis. <laughs> is that coffee? Yeah. <laughs> there aren't loads of this where they say things and they pick up on it like in the plane where he says get out of my cockpit and he goes you said yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have TP for my bunghole? <laughs> oh dear. It's kind of Butthead's reaction to it all as well. It's just like he's got no clue no, what's going no on clue. either. But I've seen some of the episodes where he 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 almost like encourages it and fuels it because he he thinks mm. it's funny. So what's the what's the real like dynamic between these two characters though? I mean, are they half brothers? Is that the joke? No, they're just friends. They're just friends. They're just yeah, <laughs> Mm -hmm. it, it it does kind of play to the audience though if you if you love this film mm. as soon as called holio appears that's it but imagine how would you come up with that i guess it started with if, if beavers has sugar or caffeine 
that mm. he becomes like Hyper Beavis, which is a genius. <laughs> Hyper Gringo. <laughs> <laughs> Where I come from, we have no bunghole. <laughs> bunghole. Oh, that's great. Because you guys, obviously you weren't working when this came out, but I was, and we would just sit in the office making like weird noises. That explains it. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> I had um, a friend who, who loved Beavis and Butthead. I mean, I used to find it quite funny but not as much as this this mate of mine he absolutely would just cry from laughter when we watched bits of uh, Beavis and Butthead the TV show and this just slew him this was just like one of his favourite shows uh, favourite films um, well yeah I mean it, it really didn't ever do that much for me and even re-watching it earlier in the year I, I still don't love this movie I still don't think it's hilarious. I mean, it, it makes me chuckle and everything. For me, it was uh, when I was yeah. at school and stuff. The big thing was the young ones, which okay. used to talk. We'd come in the day after the show. We'd repeat all the lines, and it was just amazing for us. And mm-hmm. I actually remember thinking there will never be in my lifetime something as funny as as the young ones. And then I discovered Beavis and Butthead, even though I was in, like, in my twenties. But it's, I mean, it's not appealing to a certain age group, is it? (laughs) Yeah, God. (laughs) Can you imagine back then when Chelsea Clinton was a a thing? Mm. (laughs) Best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) what do you think like a teenager watching this for the first time now would think well I think a lot of it would be lost on on someone who's you know if this was a a 12 13 14 year old watching this now probably wouldn't get it no. i mean the animation's not great by modern standards is it yeah no, it's not, not a great. 15 year old I don't, i'm trying to think if leo's really ever seen these i know my hmm. daughter has and she loves them but only because they're so anarchic but the, my son is a 15 year old boy who should be the target audience i don't hmm. think he'd like this I don't think I don't think it's it would be for a, a modern audience at all really. It's very of its time. Hmm. But if they did bring it back and made fun of the Kardashians etc like they almost you know kind of mm. a few years ago I think that would work. Very sure. I mean you probably find half of the kids who'd watch it wouldn't even know who ACDC or Metallica are. Yeah but you they know. don't review ACDC or Metallica anymore. Yeah but the, I they'll mean, make fun the of whole... Justin Bieber and stuff. Yeah. Which is even funnier. Because the kids are laughing at it, but we're laughing at it in, 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 in a completely different way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think part of why I enjoyed it as a kid, uh, to the extent that I did, was that it was rude. And I think that's still the case, isn't it? Yeah. Even for a kid if he's <laughs> running around saying Cornholio. But they don't actually swear, do they? No, no. 
which is really clever. I think some of the... The film is rude, childish, and dick and fart jokes all the way through, but it's never actually rude. But I think some of the lecherous bits of the characters now wouldn't really fly either, you know? I mean, half the stuff that's, say, produced on Netflix is... No, I mean, Netflix are probably the most, like, politically correct producers of content at the minute, right? Um, and also one of the most popular in with your young audiences. And I can't see Netflix commissioning a show like this. Oh, really? I hadn't thought of it like that before. Hmm. I just think it, it... It's the... There's no way this can translate to what a modern... Uh, or a sort of 15-year-old today would enjoy. Oh, the stuff that they've been gradually weaned yeah, on maybe. all this safer, kind of less all the offensive. Stuff I like that's completely inappropriate. It's just being taken off the air. I mean, the the last thing that I really, really love for being like this was legit with Jim Jeffries, mm. which is so just horrendous. The things they do to each other and the things they say, yeah. and yet it got cancelled. I couldn't believe it, but. You know, I, I'm a little bit older. I can see why younger people may not appreciate some of the jokes he was doing. Hmm. Well, I suppose... I mean, I've said all that, but you've still got shows like Family Guy, which are as popular as ever, you know? It's I, n- I'm not comparing hmm. the shows, but... I'm, what, I think I watched one episode. I just didn't get it. I used to like it a lot, Family Guy, when it was kind of new and it was <coughs> a bit edgier and different because it was... You know, those kind of cartoons, to me, were still just The Simpsons, really. The Simpsons is just mm-hmm. a family sitcom, isn't it? As you've uh, already established, going, animation is for babies. <laughs> Do you watch any current cartoons, Matt? Not really, to be honest, no. I don't even watch The Simpsons anymore. Well, the, Simpsons, the modern Simpsons is awful. It's just not even comedy. But the original Simpsons still holds up really well. Oh yeah, old old Simpsons is is great, and uh, I never really got into like Futurama and stuff. But no. from what I gather, that is also very good. The first few seasons of that, yeah, are very good, and they still hold up on the rewatch as well. But <laughs> I, I think would like to think that the comedy in this is, is is universal, and whilst they won't get the sort of pop culture references like kids say, they would still find this funny. Yeah, there aren't that many, apart from Chelsea Clinton there, there ain't many pop culture references in this, to be fair, are there? No, not really. Apart from, like, what's on the T-shirts and that's about it. And like you mentioned at the start as well, I think, Matt, with them looking for a TV, it's kind of... Yeah. You could could change it. To a phone or a tablet. Yeah. Could you imagine these two now not being able to not have their device in their hand? They were the precursor to the... To, to what's going on now, aren't they? Yeah, because well, if you swap that TV like... for, a, for an iPhone or a tablet... Yeah, they'd be Instagrammers or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'd be Instagramming their dick pics and their ass. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you should send a script to Mike, George. <laughs> I genuinely... The only thing I will say about this film is that they're not massively successful as a film because it's too long. These guys work really well in really short bursts. Mm-hmm. Little satirical kind of yeah. comments and stuff. 
there wasn't even that much satire involved. Well, I suppose, it was yeah. Genuinely yeah. being silly and daft and rude. There, there, there wasn't really any politics involved. It, 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 it's not like South Park where they, where this it's you know, very subtle commentary and not so subtle sometimes. They just want to talk about willies and shagging and being, you know, idiots. Yeah, but I think that's still a kind of satire of the youth culture of the time. You know, it's... It, I, well, I mean, is it? I mean, is it just Mike Judge thinks this is funny and that's what he's pulling it? Or is it more like this is how this people is how they like now. the neighbour view kids of that day? Yeah, you know? we weren't we weren't those kids. That's the thing. That's why yeah. where he's got it wrong. The kids now, they are those kids. You, you could see where he's going because obviously with idiocracy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you know he 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 takes it to the extreme where everyone <laughs> is retarded. Yeah, and he shows all the graphics of the smart people arguing about when they're going to have kids and well not yet and they forward ten years and the couple still aren't ready and then they in the other graphic you've got the hillbillies and they're all fucking each other and having kids left right and centre. Don't be super. So it's still just like the main priority for them is still just scoring with that chick all the way through. Yep. To be fair, my focus when I was that age was chicks, (laughs) TV, not much Mm. else. (laughs) That voice is good, isn't it? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that ATF could do with a bit more work on the F at the minute, couldn't they? <laughs> mm. It is weird that you mentioned earlier this is pre like nine eleven, and yet they. Mm. Yeah, we sure it definitely was, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. And it's all well, about, about five years. Terrorism. Yeah, I don't think you could get away with making a film aimed at such a young audience that had these kind of like. Yeah, I mean, they certainly they wouldn't have been able... That age group now, though, would they? Mm. They'd probably they... ramp it up a little bit, but then would it still work? No, I think this like, like South Park, the movie, it needed um, a younger audience to make it succeed, so they had to do it where yeah, they the did, jokes are they? compatible they, with both. They ramped it up and included like, swearing all the way through, you know, the shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> the whole point of the South Park movie was about the censorship of that stuff, though, wasn't it? Mm. That was the exact reason it got made, was because of the pressure that was on them to censor stuff. And they were saying, well, kids will just watch it anyway. Watch this. Whereas this is... 
I don't know whether it's as clever. As no, it's not as clever, but it's so it's unashamed in its unsophistication. Yeah. And there we go. Then there's the end credits rolling. Lovely stuff. Well, I still love this film. I really do, and I think Mike Judge. He is a genius. He's really got his finger on the pulse of 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 the US. He's kind of like a Michael Moore, but a very very subtle and clever version of it. Because you know, pretty much all the stuff he does is is really self deprecating and making fun of the you know the country he lives in. Mm. Yeah. What What did you think then, Matt? How did that hold up for you? Oh, it, it was like being fourteen again. <laughs> it's just absolutely wonderful. Nostalgia. Yeah, of. it's like Paul said. He compared it to the sort of humour in the young ones, which is very much what I sort of grew up on via having an older brother. So it tickles or scratches the same itch, I should say. It's just forget about being sophisticated and intelligent. Let's just laugh at mindless stuff for for an hour and a half and and not worry about having to think too hard about it. Mm. It appeals to the lowest common denominator, but that's okay because it, it works. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's no pretensions of being anything but that. No. You know, and it's so them. I think it's they fine. do everything to themselves. They don't blame anyone else. There's no, they don't try and excuse themselves. They don't aim for redemption. None mm-hmm. of the modern traits that, you know, molly, molly cuddle everyone. Mm-hmm. They are just fucking idiots. Yep. That's it. <laughs> And I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, as the credits are rolling on uh, on the film, well, I'll just say thank you both for coming on to, to do this with me. Um, yeah, I'll see you this time next year. We'll <laughs> yeah, watch we'll another one. Yeah, so we've done a horror film. We've done a comedy. I mean, I'm open to suggestions from people. If they want to suggest a film, they want to hear us do another one on. Capturing the Freedmans. I don't even know what that one is. What? Me neither. You don't know what nope. Capturing the Freedmans is? Capturing the Freedmans? No. The documentary? No. Don't think Look so. My head. No. Right. Before you do anything else in your life, go make sure you go watch Capturing the Freedmans. You can't run a movie podcast and not know what that is. <laughs> you do. Can you oh, not go check out Hallucination Sequence artwork by Rob Zombie? Yeah. Ah, okay. Explain some things. It's because they do actually, even though they like rock music, they do quite like rap music as well, don't they? Yeah. Just whatever. It doesn't feel snobby. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like they've excluded someone because they're popular or, you know, picked bands because they're not. No, I obviously watched them when they came out, and there's no rhyme or reason to what they like and don't like. Mm -hmm. And. I always find that amazing, really, too, because they didn't. Yeah, you just couldn't predict what they were going to love or not love. Because they would always open, they would go like, "Yes, yes, yes," and you'd be like, "Hey, really?" <laughs> well, it's Did interesting that they um, like that. that they went with uh, the Chili Peppers because they were really in a bit of a, a strange place at this point. I think it was in the sort of Dave Navarro era where they weren't quite as popular when they first started, and they hadn't gotten to anywhere near Californication at this mm-hmm. point where they really came back big. So they weren't the big name that they are now or even before this. So kind of like when Pulp Fiction picked up John Travolta. 
Yeah. They sort of help reestablish this this fallen great band. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Roller Coaster Love was very popular, as I remember. Mm-hmm. It is a cracking song as well. Look at this snakes written by Tim Snell and Gwen Stefani. I didn't know No Doubt were on this. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just love that when you watch the when they watch the music videos, anything that had hot chicks in, they would predictably like. <laughs> yeah, another Rob Rob Zombie. Yeah. Performed by the Butthole Surfers. Nice. Yeah. Ah, good old lesbian seagull. Yeah, like by Engelbert Humperdinck. I miss these guys, I really do. I used to, just spending time hanging out with these idiots it was a huge part of my life. And, I, I, you know, I feel sad that this is not the case for people growing up now or, mm. you know. I suppose South Park is the closest that exists right yeah, in the terms of you have to be kind of on the ball with what's going on in the world to really get the most out of that whereas this true. you could just go in as a fucking idiot and it's still funny that's mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. which suits me just fine yeah because i am <laughs> a fucking idiot well on that bombshell <laughs> cheers think, guys uh, we'll call it quits there so thank you very much for um Listening to anyone who's downloaded this, you can join us again next week on Flower Critics for a regular episode. We'll be back to normal. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.